Really quick before we get started, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or followed the OrthoPlug on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, please do so. And while you're at it, if you can leave a review on the podcast, that would be amazing and would really help us out a lot. Being a well-rounded person and having interests outside of medicine is important as well. You know, it's important for your health. It's important, you know, if you have family to be around your family. And then even when you're applying, you know, you put those things on your CV, you put those things on your application. You know, people want to see a well-rounded person. I've interviewed for residency spots every year since I've been here. So, you know, I've done hundreds of, uh, of interviews with medical students and you look at the different applications and being well-rounded and having interest outside of, of the field of medicine definitely helps to give something, some people something to talk about too as well. You know, there's many, been many interviews where we didn't even talk about anything from, uh, from the school. We talked about something on your hobbies. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Ortho Plug, the podcast where I get to speak with some of the most successful, inspiring, and really just coolest orthopedic surgeons in the country. And one thing that makes them particularly special is they either come from underrepresented backgrounds or they're actively supporting those that do. This is an amazing episode where I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Wendell Cole, a fifth year orthopedic surgery resident at Tulane and soon to be sports medicine fellow at NYU. He's an inflammation scholar, best-selling author of the Medical Student Survival Kit, host of the Nailed It Ortho podcast, one of the most popular podcasts out, and mentor and inspiration to many, including myself. In this episode, he shares how he was able to accomplish so much throughout medical school and residency and some key pieces of advice for those wanting to follow in his footsteps. I'm sure you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show. Happy belated birthday. So happy to have you on. <laughs> oh, no, thank you, man. Uh, thank you for, for having me. You know, big ups to you and in, in getting this started, man. I remember discovering your YouTube channel and I was inspired by you and started following you. So, you know, big ups to you for getting this going and I'm I'm happy to be on your podcast. Man, thank you so much. It's that's crazy to, that you even, you know, peep some of those videos and Yeah. Also, uh side note, I a few months ago, Achilles rupture, how's that going? <sighs> Man, I, let me tell you, it's it's a, it's a it's a game changer, man. You know, I was you know things you know life happens to you. You know, I was I was playing basketball and uh, just took one step and just heard a pop, and I looked down and, and I knew what happened. And I was like, man, this kind of sucks. You know, I'm in residency, I, I have things to do. Um, you know, I, I got to work, but now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to have surgery or not, and I ended up having surgery. And uh, you know, it's it's just a it's a mindset change a little bit. You know, you always have setbacks and. Uh, me, I'm a very active person. I like to get out and do things. So not being able to do that and, you know, taking a little bit of time off from work, I think about a, a week or so, and then having some uh, some post-op stuff, some post-op issues, had a little, little wound healing problems, which uh, which you will see with Achilles is often, which is often or it can happen. Uh, it's one of the complications. But uh, now it's going good. I'm walking around. You know, I'm, I'm happy that I can I can walk and now I'm in the gym a little bit. And so it's going well. You know, uh, it's just Sometimes you need little, little, little hurdles or little things to overcome in order to, you know, it's, it's challenges, man. It's part of life. It's not right. always going to be smooth, you know? No, I feel that for sure. I don't know if you know, I tore mine last February. My I saw. Yeah. yeah. So I can say that it gets better to like a year out is when I was like, okay, I don't even, I forget that I had it. Um, right. But yeah, I did the surgical route too. It was like mm -hmm. uh, a week before one of my finals. <laughs> so I was like, it's one of those things, like you say, it's a yeah. challenge, it's a hurdle. You get through it, you're better at the at, on the other side because of it. So no, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Glad to hear you overcame some of the kind of wound complication things that can happen with that. One of the things that I like to start the podcast with is just the general question of, you know, what got you interested in medicine and then what ultimately got you interested in ortho? Yeah, you know story a little bit different or, or not as exciting, I, I would say, but 
you know, I was always interested in, in medicine. And really what got me interested in it was a, a TV show called House. Um, it's a it's a show where they try to diagnose, you know, different conditions. It's, they have a you know, main doctor, Dr. House, really yeah, e- eclectic character. And I used to watch House a lot. And I just got really interested in the show. And that's kind of what got me a little bit into medicine. And I also used to play sports. So in in high school, I played football and I ran track and, you know, I like sportsy type things. And um, and so with time, you know, I, I was like, All right, I'm going to try to go to med school. You know, I, you know, I, I never saw a uh, a black doctor before med school, actually. So I never had I never looked and saw somebody and said, oh, I want to be like them. You know, I, I just saw and and it was something that interested me. And so I went to, you know, got into med school and actually before <laughs> before med school, I was wrestling out wrestling around with some friends and uh, I we were wrestling around and I heard a, a snap and a pop in my knee and I ended up actually tearing my ACL and having to have surgery for my ACL. And what that kind of did is that opened me up a little bit more to the field of orthopedic surgery uh, because, like I was saying, I, I'm a kind of an active person and growing up, I wasn't a person that was very emotional and I didn't really use my words like that, but I used my, my physical you know, body, you know, I go out and exercise and do things. So with the ACL injury, I felt like it kind of took a away a part of my self-expression, I guess you could say, right? Or, or, or who I, who I thought I was, I guess you could say, and getting the surgery and kind of getting back on my feet and being able to run and do things again. And just the impact that they had on me also had me interested in, in orthopedics. So like, oh, this is cool. You know, before surgery, I was, I was on YouTube looking up, trying to see what they were going to do, watching all these different, you know, OR videos and stuff. So I kind of came into med school knowing that I either want to do orthopedic surgery and then I also had emergency medicine on the on the list as well. And knowing that at the time, orthopedics was very competitive to get into and there wasn't a, a big amount of underrepresented you know, minorities in the field of orthopedics that that if I knew if I wanted to get into orthopedics, I'd have to, I had to do a lot of work, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. And I also knew that orthopedics was a little bit more competitive. So if I wanted to try to go for orthopedics um, and try to stack up my resume or my CV, and I want, I changed my mind a little bit later, I would still be able to do some of the other specialties. So uh, long story short, didn't have an orthopedic program at our med school. So I went to Morehouse School of Medicine which is in Atlanta, Georgia, um, didn't have an orthopedics department, but I w- was able to get it accepted to end dimensions when I was a first year med student. And uh, I was able to get into their their program and they sent me over to Los Angeles at Curlin Jobs. So I was working with sports doctors, working with Dr. Clarence Shields, uh, one of my mentors. And it just kind of solidified like, yeah, I, I kind of want to do orthopedics, man. Like, this is fun. You know, I-, I look at all the surgeons down the line. Everybody's happy. Nobody's really you know, nobody really hates their life. And so, you know, I rotated and got into residency. I was lucky enough to get in somewhere. So, you know, I could go into more detail, but that, you know, that's kind of the overall what got me interested in medicine, what got me interested in orthopedics. I'm happy that you brought up, you know, the fact that you went to Morehouse that didn't have a home ortho program because a lot of students have that and I think can kind of be in a place where they're searching of, okay, what can I do? How can I get involved? in ortho, in research and things like that. And you highlighted one of the, I think, really important things is programs like Nth Dimensions, um, who we've talked Mm -hmm. about. I've talked about them quite a bit on this podcast with other people who are Nth scholars. 
Um, we just had uh, Dr. Chris Murdoch on here, who's an Nth scholar. I saw. Um, so, you know, it's it's funny how like, you know, the people who are doing this, the people who are crushing it, you know, kind of all come from similar things, do similar things. Um, but it's just a testament that without those home programs, you still have opportunities. You just kind of, I think, one have to know about them. So I'm happy that you mentioned them and then be pretty um, intentional about seeking those opportunities out. Yeah. If you want something, especially, you know, in orthopedics and you, you don't have a home program, you got to find a way to get it. You know, I, and that's just not even not with just orthopedics, but with almost with everything in life. You know, if you want something and you want it bad enough, you figure out a way to, to make things happen. You figure out a way to, to do it. Uh, you know, even if it's going and, and, and looking on the Internet and seeing well, who are the orthopedic surgeons around me, if we're talking about orthopedics and, and how can I get involved or can I go to, up to their office and say, hey, I'm a medical student. You know, I, I'm interested in orthopedics. We don't have a home program, but is there any way I could just come to your clinic a couple of days a week when I have some time or wh- whatever? You know, there are plenty options. And, you, and one of the things is when you don't have a program or you don't have something, you can be creative on, on how to get it, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw a great analogy um, uh, the other day on social media and in the in it was shown it was a video of people working out poor poor or, or people in um, a group a group of guys working out in, in Africa and the gym they had were all things you know some rocks and stone and, and trees and and you know I, it's just like you still figure out a way to to get in shape and work out and you have to be creative on how you do things because you don't have those resources you know like you got to be creative on on how can we make these dumbbells how can we make these uh these instruments or these tools for us to use in order to get to that objective that we want so similar with orthopedics like okay i don't have a home program right here well how can i create my gym or how can i get things that that i need to do in order to make it to you know the field in order to make it go through orthopedics so you, it just takes a, l- a little bit more creativity but you know with 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 the will there's a way or with the way there's a will one of the two <laughs> <laughs> no i got you where there's I a will you. there's a way that's what it is yep there it goes and yeah no i i know the exact instagram uh video of of them like yeah. you know lifting big cinder block right. things and stuff like yeah. that I want to touch on one thing that I think happened between the two of of the medical school at Morehouse and the residency, and that was you publishing this med school survival kit book. I think this was <laughs> this was like I think yeah. June eighteen. So I, I don't know if my math is completely yeah. right here, but I think that's going into intern year. Yeah. Um. And so. Right. Yes. Yes. Correct. What went into that decision? Um. How did you manage to like publish a book? Uh. Yeah. Walk, walk me through right. that experience. Yeah. So, you know, in med school, my, my experience was a little bit different because going into medical school, I was also working on starting a, a business. So I had a phone application that I was that I was starting. And so I had to be very good or very I had to figure out a way to study effectively. You know, I had to figure out a way to use my time very effectively if I needed to do the things that I wanted to do. Like, for example, during the first couple of months, like I would go to I would have class in the morning and then during our lunch period, I would or lunchtime, that hour time, I'd go and pitch to the investors and then I'd be back for anatomy class in the, you know, at one o'clock, you know, and I, and so I figured out a way to, to manage my time well. And I also, during med school, me and another friend started like this real estate investing business. And I, we're also in network marketing, which, um, which I traveled a lot. So everybody was always like, yeah, there's no way you're in med school because you're always traveling, you're always going and doing something. I had like a hashtag traveling med student. 
And so towards the end, everybody kept saying like, you know, you know, how, how were we able to do it? So I was like, okay, well, let me just put every single thing that I know that I think I did, or I know that I did in a book. Let me just put it this way and put it out there. Hopefully this can help somebody out. And, and, um, you know, and, and these are the sources, these are the things that I learned, the things that I wish I would have known a little bit earlier. These are ways that I've learned to effectively use my time. These are the resources that I found were good for these different subjects. And I, I found a way to figure out how to self-publish it. Again, it's the same thing. You know, when you find, when there's something that you want to do, you got to find a way to do it. So I was researching online on how to self-publish things or, you know, different ways to publish a book and ended up deciding to go with self-publishing. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a grind, but, you know, it, it worked out. It seems like it's helped out a lot of people. So I'm glad we're able to, I was able to do that and put that out there and it's still out there now. And, you know, that's kind of what, what, what brought me to the, you know, kind of the whole being an author and, and coming up and writing a book. Wow. Yeah. And I can definitely emphasize that the book has been very helpful. I've personally read it um, and amazing book. So if you're listening, definitely throw that in the Amazon oh, cart um, because <laughs> it is an incredible book. Um, and yeah, I, I also resonate with like the having interest outside of lectures yeah. in medical school, right? Like right. I, I have similar things, like you said, making YouTube videos, having this podcast, doing those kind of things. And I have definitely using your book, watching, you yeah. know, videos on like Anki or, you know, yeah. efficient and effective study techniques so that you can minimize the amount of time that you're spending doing stuff. Um, Cause it's important to be able to do things outside of that. And you need to be able to have a efficient way of doing things to make that time. Yes. And I completely agree. And I definitely think that being able or being a well-rounded person and having interests outside of medicine is important as well. You know, it's important for your health. It's important, you know, if you have family to be around your family. And then even when you're applying, you know, you put those things on your CV, you put those things on your application. You know, people want to see a well-rounded person, um, you know, somebody because I've been on I've interviewed for residency spots every year since I've been here. So, you know, I've I've seen I've done hundreds of uh, of interviews with medical students and you look at the different applications and being a well-rounded and having interest outside of of the field of medicine definitely helps to give something some people something to talk about too as well. You know, there's many been many interviews where we didn't even talk about anything from uh, from the school. We talked about something on your hobbies, you know, like, oh, you're a mixologist. Tell me more about that. That's pretty cool. Like, you know, the, and, and, and that. And I and I found that even with my interviews, when I was interviewing for fellowship, a lot of the stuff were things on like, you know, people were asking other questions, not necessarily surgical technique and things of that sort. But I definitely think having interest outside of medicine and hobbies and in doing that is very important. And and because if you don't do it now, like if you don't do it when you're a med student and make those time to do your things, you'll never do it. You won't do it in residency and then you won't do it when you're in attending. I heard the same thing about um, like starting a family too, like a similar, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, not necessarily like a hobby, but like a thing outside same of thing. medicine. And it's like, yeah. people told me if med school is going to be too busy, residency is going to be too busy. You know, as a consultant, it's going to be yeah. too busy. So there's no like right time. Cause you know, you know, I have a, you know, a seven month old right now and I was going yeah. through like, am I really going to try to grow a family in med school? Like that just doesn't sound right. And so, <laughs> but you know, people thankfully gave me the wisdom of like, you know, do pursue your interests, pursue the things that you want to do. And being in med school 
or residency shouldn't be something that like derails you from that because you're always going to be busy. You know, we chose this life <laughs> of being busy. Yeah. Um, so it's just about finding ways to kind of, you know, manage that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard story. And one of the things is like, you never know when it's your time. You know, we all, I hope it's a hundred years for everybody, for us, for everybody listening, it's going to be a hundred years from now. Um, but you never know when it's your time to go. So I think you need to cherish every day and do the things that you want to do. You know, I heard a story of a resident that, you know, was finally, you know, went through all their training and, you know, graduated about to start their practice and like finally was going to start to do the things that they wanted to do. And they ended up getting diagnosed with like this brain tumor and things just went downhill from there. So you never know when it's your time, you never know what's going to happen. And if there's things that you like to do and you have interest, I, I say, just, just do them, like figure out a way to incorporate everything into your life. Now, if you want to start a family, there's no perfect time. Uh, just do it, you know? Words of wisdom there. So one thing between the med school residency, we write an entire incredible book. And then while you're in residency, then you start, you know, what has become, I think, like the ortho Bible in audio <laughs> format <laughs> right. with the Nailed It Ortho podcast, you and Dr. J yeah. Fitz. Um, and so, you know, this is, I think we touched on this in the previous conversation, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, you have like, I think last time I looked, it was like 180 something, almost 200 episodes of this podcast yeah, that you've been able to publish with Dr. J Fitz during residency while pursuing the other things that you're interested in. You also, I think, have a, um, the like OIT companion book, yeah, you know, that book out there. just dropped. Uh, don't worry, I'm name dropping everything because I'll make sure people can keep looking out. All of this <laughs> stuff it. will be in yeah. the description, in the show notes. So make sure you check it out. It. Um, but like, okay, how did the podcast start? And then how did you manage how busy residency is while doing this as intensely yeah. as you did? Yeah, so a lot of it was a lot of preparation. But so the podcast started because just like I said, we didn't have a home program, right? So you know, we felt like we were behind on orthopedics, especially when we were going out and doing our way rotations, because, you know, you, you're, you're over there, you're surrounded with, you know, other students, you know, if they have a home orthopedics program that have been listening to grand rounds for two, three years on orthopedics that have been around and kind of know a little bit, know more than you. And so we felt like we were really behind. And, and so we were thinking, towards the end, like, all right, cool. We, we, hopefully we both matched and we both matched and we're like, all right, well, what's something that we can do that can help other people out? You know, that can help. That's a, we didn't, we didn't know what to, what to use besides ortho bullets and, and like handbook of fractures. We didn't know necessarily any, any resources to use or what was good, what was bad. So we were thinking, what is something that we can do to put out there to help other people. That's just some, just some ortho knowledge. That's it. Like we're just breaking this all the way down so that everybody can try to understand it. And we're like, all right, cool. Well, let's do a, uh, let's, let's do an ortho podcast. Cause I actually had a podcast before this where I interviewed people. Uh, this, that was def that was separate. That wasn't necessarily an orthopedic surgery podcast, but I had a podcast before and I was doing a medical school. And so I kind of liked the podcast format and, and Jay and I talked about it and we said, we're going to do this. So it started off, with us we're just reaching out to people that we, that we knew and like, we'd be pulling out to people's places with a microphone, you know, this is back, you know, we started it, and then it, and then it, and then it, you know, it, it advanced or it, 
and move forward to the virtual format. But we started just pulling up with microphones and we had our notes. I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about carpal tunnel syndrome today. This, these are the notes that we have. We're going to try to get these this done. And so we started that our fourth year of um, of med school, but we actually didn't launch it until about two years later. So in the, and the thing with, behind that was we both knew that we were busy residents and there are going to be times where we we're not going to be able to be on different rotations and have different schedules. So what we did is we recorded maybe about either 20 to 30 episodes uh, before we dropped anything. So we had a good bank. You know, we had a lot of episodes in the bank and we could just continue to put them out there. And if we missed a week because we we're both, you know, busy on trauma or whatever, you know, it's not not that big a deal. And so. All it is, is just, you know, clear communication and being able to work as a team. You know, like he had certain roles, I had certain roles. And I think that that's what it is for most of, you know, most of like your life. You know, you're going to be in, have relationships and have different teams with people and you need to learn how to work efficiently with them. And that's what we did as far as how we were able to manage it. Like, all right, you have this time, you have this time free. Okay, well, you do the notes. I'll do this. I'll reach, I'll email them and we'll, we'll get it done like that. And so now we've continued on. We've put over over 100 something episodes out there. I think we crossed 300 something downloads. Um, it's been cool. It's gotten a great response. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are listening and it's helping people out, which is the main goal overall. And again, it just goes to the to the point of you just got to find a way to, to schedule and maximize your time and just uh, be efficient with things. So that's all it was. And then luckily for us, it was orthopedic. So it was something that we need to know anyway. So we're just really studying more orthopedics in our free time, which is like good. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't something else. It was orthopedics. So that's right. kind of how that started and how that's evolved. Wow. No, that's, that's so awesome. And I remember, I think, I don't, I don't know how I saw, I don't know if like, I don't know if I saw that you liked like a post or that you followed me or what it was, but it was on Instagram yeah. and I was like, I definitely started fanning. And I was like, this is like, nailed it <laughs> ortho. Like, like I listened to like almost all of the episodes. Yeah. Um, but it's just to say that, you know, as a medical student, those things have been huge. You know, you have so many different kinds of things. So you interview people, you have now kind of like, uh, you know, your OITE prep right. stuff. You have like a right. journal club stuff, like, the podcast is doing crazy yeah. things. And I'll say this and hopefully we get it, you know, launched here in the next couple of weeks, but I'm working on trying to do at least a scholarship for fourth year med students, uh, you know, for, to help out with rotations or travel or expenses or whatever it is. So just be on the lookout, trying to work on getting a scholarship and, and helping some people out. So we'll see how that, how that works out. Wow. Okay. Y'all heard it here first. It's going to be all the <laughs> <First>. information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep you guys updated too. Cause we'll be posting, you know, all the stuff that you'll be doing. Um, so that, that's incredible. I'm catching like a common thread of like the, just do it, figure it out kind yeah. of deal that, that, that you've embraced. Um, right. Which is amazing. Um, and you know, that has definitely led to a lot of your personal success and one of the more recent milestones, I think, in your journey is matching at what, you know, I think is, you know, top, your top choice, one of the best yeah. programs, you know, I think I, I think I remember saying like, you're going back to like the, where you were born or something. I think you're from yeah. Georgia, but we were like born <laughs> in New York. Correct. Um, Correct. See, I, I do my research. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. I like it. I like, I like it. <laughs> but, you know. All of this has, you know, culminated so far in your journey of you now going sports med um, at NYU. So, um, one, I would just want to hear, you know, why sports med, 
And then two, um, you know, I think we've talked about a common theme of, you know, your personality that's led to the success. But are there any general other things that you would say to other people um, who want to get to like where you're at, you know, that you personally did to get to matching top fellowship, your favorite fellowship, going back home? You know, what are some of the things that you felt like you did that helped you accomplish that? Yeah. Um, well, to answer the first part of your question, why sports? Uh, so I came into residency, you know, just open to everything. I, and I think that's the way to, way to do it. You know, I had sports on, on the back of my mind. And really, I think I had I had when I did my away rotations, they were also in sports. And then when I did my nth dimensions, I was in sports. So I had a lot of sports exposure before going into residency. And that was really all my orthopedic exposure. So that's what I liked. But I still came into residency with an open mind. And, you know, I feel like the way that you do it is you just go into every rotation like you want to do that specialty. And I came to sports and I was like, yeah, this is still what I want to do. You know, uh, it was I think the surgeries are cool, you know, great surgeries. Um, the patients are, you know, are awesome as well. It's, for me, it's more outpatient procedures. I don't necessarily want to have to round and stuff during the week. Some people love rounding and stuff. You know, every it's, everybody has a different personality. But I, I personally thought that, you know, with sports, um, I could be around, you know, obviously you're going to take care of your grandma when she falls and has a rotator cuff per se, but you also take care of athletes. And for me personally, I thought it would be cool to take care of athletes and be around athletes because I feel like personally it would keep me in that that type of a mode like okay i need to continue to stay in shape continue to need to exercise because this is this is kind of the people that i'm surrounding myself with and um and this is a breadth of procedures that you can do in sports you can do anything from shoulder arthroplasty to to cuffs to reconstructions you know it's just so many things you can do you can still take trauma call and and do all your trauma cases too if you like that um if you love pelvises and you should probably do a trauma fellowship um but you can still do everything else and uh, and one of the things is just forming good relationships with people. I think that's uh, one of the one of the big things with life and, and and where you go and the success that you have. Like at NYU, I think one of the reasons I probably even mastered it because I, when I was a med student, I rotated there. So I rotated at NYU as a medical student. And people still remember me because I was nice to the, you know, I was nice to the janitors. I was nice to, you know, the attendings. Like I was nice with everybody. And so they were kind of already knew a little bit about who I was because they had they, I spent time with them uh, with some of the different attendings. So uh, having a relationship with them, having a relationship with our attendings where I work now um, and having a relationship with residents, because people see that people see how you interact with your co-residents. People see how you interact with a nurse, how, the, how you interact with the scrub nurse and and they take note and you want somebody that's going to and that's going to be a pleasure to be around, um, you know, that's. I think that's just kind of the key to everything is just like be somebody that somebody wants to be around, be somebody that uh, people don't mind being in a six, seven, eight hour case with, or if you have to be on call with them all day, people don't mind doing that because they like you or, and you're friendly and you're a good person. And I think that'll get you a lot of places. And if it, also, if you work hard too. So I would say just being a hard worker, um, getting out and going after it, not necessarily waiting for somebody to tell you to do something, but going in and being proactive, you know, having playing a part of your of your own destiny or, your, or shaping your own way in life. So I think the one of the big things is making connections, um, not, not, not necessarily making connections, making relationships. I think that's that's better than making connections, because mm -hmm. when you to me, when you say making connections, it sounds very 
sometimes it can sound very superficial, like, oh, just go and get their card and, you know, and, and reach out to them. Like, you know, we all have those. I'll give you a good example. We all, we all have it like when you go to a meeting, I don't necessarily think the point of going to one of the meetings to be should be to meet as many people as you possibly can, right? Because you'll go and you'll get their card, get their card, get their card, and you'll, you'll talk to 10 different people, but more shallowly. And I always had the mindset saying, I'd rather talk to have really good conversations with two people at a meeting than have more shallow conversations with 10 people, because that'll get you further. At least I think that way. Mm-hmm. And so at a meeting next time, you go there, you know, have, you know, when you talk and form relationships, actually try to form a relationship, get to know somebody and get to see what kind of person they are. And uh, I challenge the people listening to this instead of going with a lot of people and we're having more shallow talks and discussions to just have more deeper discussions with less people. I think people remember you more, uh, you form a better relationship. And then when you reach out to them or when you talk to them afterwards, like you have a substance of things to talk about. It's not like, it's not like they're wondering who you are, you know, because they gave their card out to 30 different people. You know, y'all kind of have something to go off of. I, I love that. Like the um, relationships over connections is like, that's a really cool yeah. kind of idea to to kind of solidify in your brain, especially as, you, as we are going to these meetings and, you know, Academy and, you know, Academy, I was able to actually like meet you in person, which was awesome. Right. Right. Um, I, was, I, I was like, yo, that's my man from YouTube. Yeah. I think I said that too in the room. I you was did. like, yo, it's the YouTube channel, man. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is. A... So yeah, yeah. No, that hi- definitely one of the highlights of the year for me. Um, yeah. When you form like relationships with people instead of the superficial thing, because we, we hear that connections are needed to, you know, progress, but like superficial connections don't really do anything because everybody's doing that. So the real thing, like you said, is actually relationships. And there's that it's a there's a diverge there that I think is important to highlight, which I'm glad that you did. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we tend to forget that everybody's a person at the end of the day, you know, like even the big name person, like the big name, big wig, you know, whoever person that may be at the end of the day, they're still human, you know? So yeah, ask them about their kids. You know, like I remember I was on a, on an interview and one of my attendings that one of the guys that I wrote say with, I hadn't seen in a while. One of the first things I asked him, Oh, how, how are your kids doing? You know, cause I was genuinely interested to see how their kids were doing. So you, at the end of the day, just remember people are people, you know, people are human. We all just, I think it's a part of humanity that you want to have a, a connection with somebody or, or a relationship with somebody. Uh, and we all just want to, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. So don't be afraid to speak to whoever, because they're just like you, you know, they just like you. Right. And thinking about it like that, that humanism, I think is what makes it like you actually come off with that kind of warm, good person. Cause you mentioned like, you know, going on these, you know, away rotations or these different types of interactions. Like, you know, one of the main things that you can do to really help yourself is, you know, be somebody that people just want to be around, be a good person and like approaching people with like this humanistic, like you're just another human being that I respect, you know, that kind of deal. I think is going to, because I think a lot of people can hear that and be like, okay, how do I do that? And it's not really too much about just overthinking. Like I think most people in this the field of medicine overthink things to begin with, but it's just like be a good human and know that this is another good human. And then based on that, you can just kind of have that relationship and then they'll feel comfortable with you. It's not about that. They answer all of the pimping questions correctly or, or, or whatnot. Listening to people like yourself is more so like you said, did I enjoy being around this person? 
and there's you don't have to know everything about ortho or you don't have to have like crazy ortho experience or mm -hmm. a big name behind you or whatever for them to be able to get that feel. Exactly. Completely agree. So I, uh, before I, before we wrap up, um, I want to finish by kind of switching gears a little bit here. We, um, you know, I've been talking about away rotations and you as a fifth year resident, like you said, you have interviewed tons of students. You've seen tons yeah. of students rotating through. So I would love if you could shed light on some of the things that you've noticed from standout students. I know, especially because this year um, away rotations are basically back. And I know that's like a big topic yeah. on people's minds yeah. and there's a lot of like worry about it. And you know, there's no step one anymore. So like basically yeah. like where you got a residency is going to be like, you know, where you, did you perform on your sub eyes? Um, right. <laughs> Cause that's probably where you're going to be going. So, you know, it's a big topic right now from somebody who have, who's seen so many students do these sub eyes, you've done sub eyes yourself. Um, what are some things that you've seen like some of the best medical students do? What are some things that you highly recommend? And then on the tail end of things, if there's any experiences where you're like, don't, don't do this. Um, I always think that oh, those yeah. are also good yeah. to highlight. Yeah, sure. Let's start with the don't do this. Is uh, I, I know a couple <laughs> people. Oh man, I was I see some students like I remember one of the first time. Well, so we had a student on call um, that was no a student on the trauma service, and I think we were in the middle of like doing a reduction or something. And the the I guess nighttime student came to came just to like come and help out and the student was like all right man he's here peace out i'm going and like we're in the middle like the patient's sedated we're in the middle of doing the reduction they just dipped out you know not like hey man we'll see like he just left without anything just, just oh, gone no. you know um so don't do that you shouldn't do that you know that shows you're not not necessarily the best team player um we've had nurses that have uh that have cursed at not nurses i'm sorry we've had students that have cursed at nursing that that gets you out of there uh you don't curse at the nurses you know you don't you know, you try to be friends with everybody. So definitely don't do that. Um, things that you can do, or I'll say the things that the people that stood out the best, you know, one of our third years now, she, she was like very prepared. Like she showed up early. Um, she had materials ready for you. I remember, you know, like she anticipated needs. Well, that's probably the best, that's probably the best way to put it is anticipating needs. And part of that is it does come with like doing a rotation and seeing, okay, well, figuring out what people need, you know, uh, the first time you should be taking notes and writing things down as to what they needed. So for the second time, you already have all the stuff ready, but she was very good at anticipating needs, like dressings, like, Oh, I need to get a dress. I had to go back. I, there's something I forgot. And she's like, Oh, I got it right here in my pocket. Like, Oh, I'm like, dang. All right. You, okay, cool. Cool. Like, good. You know, um, just showing up early, being one of the last ones to leave just, Hey, do you guys need help with this reduction or you finish clinic and you see one of the residents going to go around or change some dressings. Hey, I'll come help change some dressings. You know, uh, just just being uh, available, um, being around, showing up early. Uh, these are also the people that that are um, that read up a little bit. You know, nobody expects you to know a lot because, you know, you're a medical student. But the one thing that they do expect, you know, is going to be anatomy. So just trying to be stone cold on anatomy and learning that, you know, that can take you a long way and that's fair game for everybody. So I'm just letting everybody listen to this know if you're going to case, every, somebody's going to ask you about anatomy. You know, uh, I have an attending, <laughs> I have an attending that asks students questions and like they'll answer it. 
and they'll they'll just keep going until they get a question wrong. So like you know you're 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 never gonna get everything right. That's not the point of it. And the point is to show that you're actively engaged. You know, in the OR, if you're there, help help move the patient, you know, to the bed or from the bed, you know, um, help put the dressings on, um, help cut the sutures, you know, just, just be, try to be helpful. The whole goal is to help is to make the person in front of you, make their life a little bit easier. And if you're able to do that, then you'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. You know, things you can do other specific things. Like if you have a consent form, you see how they fill it out. One time you have a couple of consent forms in your back pocket. So if you're taking call and a tibia shaft fracture comes in and you know that the resident's going to want to splint and they're going to need to consent them, you already have a consent in your back pocket. Like, here you go. You don't need to print it out. I got it right here for you. I filled it out. You can just sign all the stuff. Um, I got the splint stuff in the room. I'm not, I'm not sure how many rolls you wanted. So I just bought them in there, but I can go and roll them out if you want. You know, all these things just make the night smoother and make things go a little bit faster. But just try to help as much as you can. Um, be nice to every single person. People see that. People note that. And your your co uh, your co rotators. People notice when you're not nice to your co rotators and when y'all don't work as a team. So um, that's the whole thing, man. Just just be a team player. Try to have a good time. Smile. Um, get to know everybody. And, uh, you know, just have a good time and just learn as much as you can. Got you. Yeah. So what I've taken away is uh, be nice to everyone. Your co-rotators, yep. nurses, for sure. Don't be cussing out no nurses or anybody. Nah, don't uh, do that. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so you think nice. you wouldn't have to say that, but you, you got to say it. You would think exactly. But, you know, you've seen it, you know. So yeah. it's something that I guess needs to be said. Be nice to everybody. You, you're going to have to work hard. So expect to be somebody who, you know, shows up early, leaves late. Um, and again, you're pursuing something you're interested in. So it shouldn't be like the end of the world for you to spend a month of your, you know, life doing right. that. So work super hard, come prepared, particularly with anatomy. So be fresh on the anatomy, particularly of the procedures that you're doing in the OR. Side note with that too, because I have a consultant here. I'm on my surgery rotation right now. And last week mm-hmm. I was on CV surgery. And consultants the same way where it's like, I, you're going to keep getting questions until y- you don't know the yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, so oh, we expect you know it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you just see how far you can make the run and then you yeah. <laughs> fail, go to the next run. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, know your anatomy. And then one of the big things that I think that you've highlighted and I hear all the time, too, is this like try to expect the next thing. And like, that's really how you help. And so like, it takes, like you said, some time, like that first day, trying to be as observant as possible, taking your notes, making sure you, you know, oh, this is where the splint stuff was. This was the code into Mm -hmm. the room. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write down what they got. I'm going to watch this process and I'm going to try to soak all of this in so that the next time that we have to do this, you know, I've already kind of stuffed the white coats with the rolls and, you know, I already got the hot water going and, you know, I already got whatever, you know, needs to happen. Um, and so, you know, I think that's one of those key kind of elements of just, you know, being somebody to stand out as somebody who's very observant and then takes what they observe to kind of the next level of having things prepared, being one step ahead, knowing the process. Yeah, no, that that's it. You know, that's those are the main um, those are the main things. Nobody expects a medical student to, to know to have like a found a huge foundation of knowledge, but just these kind of core principles of, of who you are. I think you know the whole thing is like, okay, can we work with this person for five years? That's what that's really what you're trying to figure out on this rotation. Like, can you work can for for you the, the rotator? Can I work with these people for five years? And for them, 
can we work with them for five years? If you're a pleasure to be around, you know, you're a hard worker, like, yeah, I could work with them for five years. I could see them being a part of this program. Wow. And that's that's it. I mean, if the, you needed one sentence there, you know, can I work with this person for five years? That's a good way to kind of be thinking about you want to be that person. Um, so, man, yeah, thank you so, so much, Dr. Cole. Um, you know, you said so much wisdom for us and your time is super valuable. Um, it was incredibly meaningful to kind of hear your story, how you got to where you are, how you were able to manage writing a book, starting and managing one of the, you know, best highest yield podcast you know again ortho bible audio version you know that you know being able to go through all of that the wisdom on away rotations how you succeeded personally all of those things super super helpful um we're really grateful to have you on this podcast for our listeners again continue to stay plugged in because we're going to keep bringing more and more incredible guests just like dr cole onto the show so guys until the next one see you guys later I hope everyone listening enjoyed this conversation. For our listeners out there, be sure to stay plugged in because we'll be having more incredible conversations with some of the dopest orthopedic surgeons out there, just like Dr. Cole. And again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. See you guys in the next one.